Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Yeah. Oh, say in the political process. Honest. You, my friend, are part of the problem and not the solution. Compassionate. The church needs to rise. Rise. The Monica Matthews, Monica Matthews Show. Hey, welcome back to the Monica Matthews Show. Life, love, and liberty. Today has been a very big day for the country, for the world, really. Trump's legal team has finally broken their silence. We heard from Rudy Giuliani for a little over an hour, as well as Sidney Powell, uh, Jenna Ellis. I mean, everyone was on the stage um, it was it, it, it was interesting. Uh, it was a cross between, uh, you know, kind of like a family dinner here in the South where just all of your business is put out there. And some people like the media just don't want to hear it. <laughs> so they'd rather they're the relatives that just want to keep everything, you know, in their own pocket, in their own narrative. And I mean, good grief, you guys. I hope you didn't miss that. Uh, I will play some sound bites from that uh, at a later time, but you can probably find it on Newsmax, you know, reruns throughout the night, but it was powerful because uh, we've all been waiting for this, right? This has been bated breath. Uh, the big Kraken was going to be unleashed. You know, Sydney is now a big, bad uh, meme around the globe uh, and she means business and she does mean it when she says, I do not bring accusations or allegations lightly. That's not my nature. If I say it, it's because I can prove it. I uh, love the fact that Rudy Giuliani stood there and said, hey, listen, here, here's our evidence. Here's part of it anyway. So give us a chance to bring it forward. Give us a chance for due process. Quit trying this thing in the court of media and public opinion and give us a minute. And by the way, here's some of our evidence and why we feel like we have a case. And we are bringing suits around the country. And I thought they did one hell of a job representing uh, us. I almost said the president. And they are representing the president, but they're really representing us on the right and the left because it's our vote that they're attempting to protect. So someone I adore, a family we all adore, and I've had her on my show before, but I thought to myself today of all days, as we're watching, we hear that we hear the country name Venezuela dropped by Sydney. We hear it from Rudy Giuliani. We heard it from others on the stage as well that between George Soros and the Clinton Foundation and Antifa and Black Lives Matter and Venezuela, right, that that country keeps circling back where we've almost kind of used it as an American uh, moniker or, or some type of a euphemism, if you will, where it's like, well, we don't want to be in Venezuela. Hee hee ha ha. And we kind of mock and laugh about it. But I think what we're seeing now is the evidence is pointing to the fact that it's here, and, and we may actually have machines that have been filtered, purchased, bought, uh, built, uh, and, and, and filtered back through Venezuela to do one thing, 
and that is to hijack not only this election, but our country. So you guys know who I'm going to have on today. It's Debbie D'Souza, the, the beautiful half of the extraordinary couple of Dinesh and Debbie D'Souza, filmmaker, uh, amazing vocalist, beautiful person, beautiful woman and wife who has come out of Venezuela, who has literally been like the voice in the wilderness, like, you know, just screaming from the rooftops. It's coming. Pay attention. Here are the signs. Debbie, welcome back to my show. Monica, thank you for having me. Um, yes, I have been crying this this uh, parallel, you know, yeah. par- many parallels for so long now. I, uh, I've told you before, I did a presentation showing the parallels of the Venezuelan left mm-hmm. and the American left. And by American left, I mean the Democratic Party. Right. Um, and, and the parallels are extremely similar. Um, and one of those parallels, there are many, but one of them is voter fraud. And uh, so I've been very vocal about it, uh, as I shared with you a little earlier before we were on air. Um, Dinesh uh, Dinesh and I kind of talked about this because we do have a clip from the movie that we have shown. We have two clips, one of which is is me talking to Gabby Franco, who, who is also a Venezuelan, and Dinesh. We're at the gun range, and we're talking about voter fraud in Venezuela. Right. And I point out that the voter fraud in Venezuela comes after people vote. They're very good about getting one person, you know, one person, one vote. They stamp your thumb. They do all of those things. Oh, how about uh, they that? get a, a voter ID. Okay. However, the, the fraud comes. When they count the votes, the right. machines, right. the machines that count the votes. Right. And so, so Dinesh could not believe that that could happen in America. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, as, this, as I'm is, sure that. Is, just to clarify, this is from your, your latest movie, Trump Card, which I highly recommend. Yes. I just watched it myself. And, and you're in, and yeah, I, I mean, what a great, you know, you're always pointing us back to, hey, hubs this can actually happen in this country oh, and and absolutely. here we are and you just wrote about absolutely. it i mean how timely the the mother load of all parallels the left in venezuela yes. and the democratic party and here we are yes. well let me here let me ask are. you this can you walk us yes. through all right t- because you did you do a beautiful job in this latest op-ed of taking us through the steps and the parallels of of how we got here what were some of the warning signs and then let's break out into uh, Smartmatic, uh, where all of these uh, machines come from. You know, we've got players in, where are we? we? We are in Spain. We're in Germany. We have servers. We have Soros. We have the Clinton Foundation. There, it's so, it's such a web. It's like a crime syndicate. But I really want to focus it, in on how we can pull from the parallels of Venezuela. So take us back through to some of the warning signs that you told us about. Well, you know, the warning signs are, are based essentially the ideology of, of the Venezuelan left and the ideology of the Democratic Party and, and what they, what they believe in and how they achieve it. Mm-hmm. So, for example, um, one, one parallel that, that I mean really, you know, stuck out in my mind back, back about 10 years ago was the hatred of fossil fuels. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Hugo Chavez, uh, obviously Venezuela is a country that's rich in oil, but Hugo Chavez hated, hated oil so much that he decided to do hydro energy instead of oil, instead of using, using fossil fuels. So Venezuela was going through 
horrific droughts at the time. So people were having all kinds of issues with their electricity because they would have rolling blackouts constantly, daily. And this was all due to the fact that the hydro energy was dried up. They had no water. And, and But here he is sitting on all this oil. But again, his hatred of it was, was extremely um, hypocritical because they used airplanes. You know, he had mm-hmm. a private jet. You know, he did all mm-hmm. he did all of the typical leftist things that that they do when they say one thing and do another. Well, I think in the right? movie that you was, referred to them as the Chavistas. Is that what they is that a, what they were called? Exactly. Right. They it, call themselves the Chavistas, the Chavistas because okay. those people live high on the hog. They don't have issues with any kind of shortage. Right. Um, they get to travel. They get you know they have food. Yeah. They. They have all the luxuries that they want uh, because they are part. Slightly reminiscent, excuse me, but of Gavin Newsom busted at a winery for a birthday party, not wearing a mask, telling everyone else, Mm -hmm. "Ah, you got to forgive us, just stay home. Right. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yes, it's exactly right. Or, you know, they live, they live on the ocean. They live near the ocean and they're going to die because obviously they're (laughs) saying that the, uh, that the waters are going to overtake them. Right. And they, yet they buy $15 million homes to live there. So again, hypocritical, same here, same there. Um, the other parallel that is a very scary parallel, but it is one nonetheless is the gun control legislation right. uh, under under the guise of controlling gun violence. And in Venezuela, they did this because there was a lot of gun violence, just like in America, right, in the mm-hmm. inner cities. Mm-hmm. Um, but they used it in order to have people af- afraid of owning a gun. Right. So at first, it was voluntary. It was called uh, Desarma la Violencia, mm-hmm. uh, Disarm the Violence. It was a propaganda tool that the government used. And, um, and again, they, um, they quickly, it became, instead of voluntary, it quickly became, uh, non-voluntary. They started, you know, basically they started taking everybody's gun away, uh, which, which again, the only people that had the guns were the criminals and the government. Always. Um, so I'm telling you, this can, this can completely happen here. Thank God we have the NRA. Venezuela didn't have such a lobbyist group like the NRA, but, but again, uh, when the government comes down on you and they have every megaphone of, of, you know, information, people believe it, they believe it. And, and this is what we're seeing here. You know, the, the media that is not truthful and, and people believe things, even if they're not true. Well, even Same in, there. Right. Even in the movie, uh, I forget the gentleman's name who Dinesh was speaking with. I want to say he was Iranian. And, and, and Dinesh is like, so you're telling me that media, you know, is, is, is paid, is, 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 is embed, is bedded down with, you know, these regimes. And, and he's like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm telling you. Uh, and yeah. so for, for right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're complicit. Yeah. I mean, I, I too, uh, became, I'm not going to call myself a victim. I consider it kind of a badge of honor that I ended up let go from a major news conglomerate here because they are heading a little bit more left of center and speaking a little bit more conservative, even though it's a conservative station by nature, or at least in tagline, um, that's not where they were going. And their orders come down from on high. 
and yes. so, right. So, so it's real. So people are losing their jobs. Our lives really are in danger. I can attest to that for sure. Um, so, we, so a lot of people though, Debbie, who are just trying to pay the bills, trying to, you know, not get shut down by COVID before COVID, it was, I just want to go to soccer practice, pay my taxes. You guys leave me alone. I want the 2.5 kids go on vacation. That'll never happen here. And it's like, well, yeah, welcome. The, the, this, yes. Right. Like this, is this really is our reality now. Um, tell Absolutely. me, pivot back to, yes. we, we were talking before we got on the air about the eerie parallels of the election in 2004. Take us back to that. Yes. Yes. Um, so I have to mention um, a woman, a very courageous woman in Venezuela by the name of Maria Corina Machado. Mm-hmm. Um, I, she's been a heroine of mine for, for so many years mm-hmm. um, because she was really the lone wolf, so to speak, the maverick that went out against the regime and actually exposed the fraud for, for what it was, right? And so yeah. in, in 2002, um, she formed this group, this voter integrity group called Sumate. Okay. And basically, she was getting ready. She was gearing up because she knew that Hugo Chavez was not going to go down without a fight because let me take your, your listeners back a little bit. Hugo Chavez, when he ran for president in 1998 and won, he did win legitimately by a landslide. Okay. Why? Because he fooled a lot of people into thinking he was not a socialist, that he was not going to take Venezuela down the road of Cuba. And he went on air many interviews uh, and said, I am not a socialist. People are crazy. I don't know why they think I'm a socialist. So again, when I hear yeah. when I hear Biden saying he's not a socialist mm-hmm. and Obama saying he's not a socialist, I always go back to Hugo Chavez, who also said he was not a socialist. Yeah. So he gets in, he gets he gets elected. My grandparents unfortunately voted for for him, mm-hmm. uh, but in 2001, they, along with a lot of other Venezuelans, lost their land due to uh, his his overstepping um, of of basically. Uh, land, you know, he just right. he just decided that 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 land was not going to be used for whatever the yeah. citizen was using it for, but rather he wanted to use it for low income housing or whatever. He wanted right. it to be the government. So he started doing all of this. He started expropriating businesses, just literally taking businesses that were private, privately owned. Is this comparable to them. like eminent domain here? It is. Okay. Yes, it okay. is. And and worse yet, you know, he was he was taking businesses, jewelry right. stores, uh, furniture stores, just taking them and oh. saying, this is now government owned right. and you have to pay a tax if you want to to uh, remain, you know, uh, the manager of it. Right. So right. people were just they couldn't believe it. But he started doing this. So so Maria Corina knew that this man was not going to go down. So they did, they issued a voter integrity group, right, Mm -hmm. to actually bring about a referendum on Hugo Chavez. And this was the the famous referendum of 2004. This is where the machines, Smartmatic machines, Mm -hmm. came into existence. And the reason they came into existence was to give Chavez that decisive win and defeat the referendum. Now, let me stop and, right there for um, one second. Stop right there. So, so yes. I've heard Sidney Powell refer to the CIA on more than one occasion. 
And if you talk to my 24-year-old who loves world history, she will tell you that for any crazy leader that has come up out of the the ashes of the earth in, in our lifetime, that we can thank the American government for that. Is there any truth to that? Well, I don't have I don't have linkage of the CIA okay. to to right. what happened with this referendum. Now, I'm not saying that that there wasn't one, right. but I do have linkage to other other players. Okay. Um, you know that I can tell you about. Okay. Um, so so basically, this this machine, uh, Smartmatic, was founded in 2000 in Delaware by three Venezuelans, Antonio Mujiga, I believe is how you say it, Alfredo José Anzola, Roger Piñala. So these guys, Venezuelan, established, made this this company called Smartmatic, right? Right. And so anyway, so they went to Venezuela. There was a bid as to which machine was going to, you know, was going to do the election. And they, they, they bought these Smartmatic machines. And as people were exiting, so they did this exit poll during the day, mm-hmm. um, and they were asking people, okay, you know, how did you vote? How did you vote, right? So at the end of, of the evening when the votes were, when, when, when the polls were closed, mm-hmm. the exit polls actually pointed to a 60% refer- referendum oh, wow. on Hugo Chavez. So right. 60% was going to go to the re- referendum uh-huh. and and. Hugo Chavez was going to be ousted. That was the decision of the people when they did the exit poll. Right. In the middle of the night, it all changed. And the next morning, Hugo Chavez won 60% to 40%. So it was the exact opposite of what they thought going out of of the right. Polls. Yeah, it's kind of like so, us going to sleep on November 3rd and exactly. thinking, hey, we got this, and we wake up. Bingo. And, right. Wow. Yes, bingo. Same thing. So, so Maria Corina knew there was something wrong. There was just no way that this was going to, that this was legal, that this was legitimate, that there were some shenanigans going on. And they were, you know, here's the thing about these machines and, and the people that, that do them. They're, they They make it to where it's very difficult to look for the fraud. They, they, it's very believable the way they, the way they do th- these things. But so, you know, the, the, all of her, her team, her legal team went in there and they were trying to audit. They even, this is where, where it gets kind of, of, uh, of dicey. Mm-hmm. So basically Jimmy Carter, uh, your beloved Jimmy Carter from Georgia. <laughs> um, <laughs> Some of us do not own that presidency, yeah. but okay. Well, okay. Yeah. So, so I blame him for the Venezuelan catastrophe. I, I will go on record to say that Jimmy Carter is like enemy number one in my book. Okay. Damn. So he goes to Venezuela and um, he essentially uh, confirms that the Venezuelan election is completely legitimate. I mean, he he gives it a thumbs up. He says it's the best in the world. He says, you know, that Venezuela is amazing because they have this technology that can can do this. So his center absolutely said it was legitimate. So is this like complicity or is this because he's just willfully ignorant or he's just pulling a peanut farmer move? I don't know. Okay. Yeah. So I thought it was because he was just Dumb. Right, right, right <laughs> okay, right. and naive, right? right, right. Until until I realized who he was working with, and then now I think the opposite. I think he's he's totally corrupt and totally in on it. 
Um, because every every time Venezuela had a national election, Jimmy Carter would go down there and he would sanction it as as legitimate every time, right? So he posted his findings in a report um, of on his website called "Study Mission to the October Seventh, Twenty Twelve Presidential Election." This was Hugo Chavez's last election because okay. Hugo Chavez died in twenty thirteen. So this was his very last election. Mm-hmm. Now. The interesting thing about this is that, and I hadn't noticed it before, but I've confirmed it with some people, and and they know this to be a fact, is that Open Society Foundation was also a part of this. Now tell my listeners, tell my listeners who that is. Yes, (laughs) you know who Open Society, George Soros' Open Society Foundation, correct, took a part in Venezuela's disaster. Wow. Um, and they have also taken part in all of the Latin American elections that have been fraudulent mm-hmm. uh, in in Bolivia, in like Brazil, in Argentina. And right. I mean, I can go on and on. Yeah. A lot of people think now, he's just the boogeyman because, again, like Venezuela, like I said, it's kind of become like a. I don't know, like I said, kind of like a moniker, you know, it, it, it's just, it was, could turn out like Venezuela or it's Soros, yeah. you know, and people are like, yeah. oh, Soros, Schmoros, whatever, you know, he's like a boogeyman. I'm like, no, the dude is real and exactly his ultimate goal right. is globalism and to suck us all into this, you know, I call exactly it the abortion right. tube of globalism. I mean, forget your sovereignty Ex- at this point, right? Exactly right. Yeah. No, he, that is his goal. His goal is to socialize the world. Yeah. And his big prize is America. So I just want your listeners to know this. This this is not a conspiracy theory. I have talked to many Venezuelans who fled Venezuela. They're Mm. they're in asylum in different countries. Mm. In fact, I spoke to one of them who's who's asylum in in Spain. And he says that George Soros has also infiltrated Spain. So Which might be why we found a server in Spain with our votes on it. Right. Exactly right. Uh, he is he's all over the place yeah. and uh and he's his fingerprints are all over this. Right. So so this was extremely disturbing to say the least that uh that these people have been they they basically have have assured that that Venezuela has has pretty much become the despot that it is. Right. Um now why why has Jimmy Carter done this? I don't really know. Um, the only thing I do know is it's probably money, and it's probably a an ideology um, driven uh, cause for him. Right. So um, George Soros, you know, he has all the money in the world, but he definitely wants to see the world socialist. Yeah. When I mean, s- I, that is his dream. Agreed. And so, you know what? Okay. So let's 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 go there. So because you guys covered this a lot in the movie with uh, with Trump card. Okay. And and Dinesh mm-hmm. talks about democratic socialism. To me, you know, I tell my daughter, she she was nearly indoctrinated on the left coast and graduated from USC, thank God, with a neuroscience degree and narrative major studies. So she understands how narrative is so important to the psyche to the moray of a nation and why our media is so complicit with dragging us all either into complete chaos or apathy, which I'm not sure which one is worse, to be honest with you. I'm constantly trying to remind my listeners, because most of them are Christians, 
to, you know, hey, yep. don't just rely on Jesus is coming back and God wins. Uh, we're, we're called to occupied. So if this is a kingdom fight, then where are you, right? And and not leaving exactly. the rest of us on the battlefield. And so there's good mm-hmm. and there's evil. So, but she she actually is the first person who turned me on to this term of democratic socialism. And so it sounds kind of sexy. It sounds kind of equitable. There's another left term. It sounds very fair. What is that? What is democratic yes. socialism really? What is it really? Well, it's actually a root. Um, what it is basically is it tells people that they themselves are, are the ones voting and sanctioning socialism. But in Venezuela, the reason, the reason that did, it did not work in Venezuela is because when you pit a group of people against another group of people, you're going to get resistance. Right. Right. So when when people say, well, Venezuela is not socialist, it's that, you know, they have a dictator. But what they don't understand is why they have that dictator. Mm -hmm. Why did that government become tyrannical? The reason that that government became tyrannical is because their dream of a socialist utopia could not happen. Because people were not going to have it. Right. Half, of the, half of the electorate in Venezuela fought it. They said no to it. Mm-hmm. They said, absolutely, you can't rob me of my hard work and labor and give it to someone that's sitting on the couch. Right. You cannot do that. Right. So what happened was that the government had to force it on people because they could not do it willingly they were not going to do it willingly right, right. so so which, is, which is why i think my daughter calls i think that's why she calls venezuela more of a more of a fascista more more of a fascist country right right like they and, kind of, and yeah exactly but fascism is state control right. and that is exactly what socialist governments do they right. are fascist right that is in ter- in fact true right. that venezuela is a fascist government and america will be a fascist yep. government if we go socialist and we resist it right because because they will have to assure that we don't get a say in it the other thing that is very um scary is venezuela had a constitution but see the 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 problem with it is you know and i think your viewers are intelligent Mm -hmm. enough to understand what classical liberalism is right and and that is what we are conservatives are classical liberals we believe in a dead constitution the Venezuelan classical liberals, which are conservatives, mm-hmm. believed in a dead constitution. However, Hugo Chavez made sure that that constitution was brought to life. And he changed it. I need you, and, they, and my listeners are definitely intelligent enough to follow that, but I guarantee you there are going to be some, because this kind of takes me back again to the church, where people feel like Scripture is breathing and it's always changing, and that's part of why we're in the hell we're in now. But I, but break that down for us, if you can, into some bite-sized pieces, because some people do believe that the Constitution is a breathing, alive, living document. Right. So... So like, I guess I'll give you an example to use the Bible. The Bible is a dead document because you cannot go in the Bible and change it to fit your, your needs, right? right? right. God wrote this Bible and he said, this Bible is, is, you know, uh, humans wrote it, but it was inspired by God to say that this is 
this is the law. This is what, this right. is my inspired words now and forever. Right. 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 So the constitution in America and in Venezuela was written in the same spirit Exactly. that the founders knew that people are, are by nature corrupt mm-hmm. and that you have to have a document that spells out what you can and cannot do regardless of the time, regardless of the mob rule. Right. You know, in other words, it, it, just because the majority of Americans want it doesn't mean that it's going to happen because the Constitution secures our freedoms and, and the amendments in the Constitution are the only thing that changed in the Constitution that were added to the Constitution. Right. But those two are not meant to be moved around or to fit the time or whatever. And the same thing in Venezuela, you know, the constitution said one thing, Hugo Chavez Mm. created it to say quite another. And so he was always touting the constitution, but the constitution he was touting was the one he changed. Right. It was his version, his version of the truth. (laughs) Exactly. And so, you know, Democrats love to talk about the Constitution when it fits their narrative. But they also like to to have these these Supreme Court justices. And this has been the fight right with Mm -hmm. the with the right wing and the left wing that they put in these judges that are activist judges that believe in a live Constitution. Right. So they believe that the, the rulings that they make are based on the will of the people. Right. And right. that is where we differ. And that is why when we have constitutional, uh, you know, yeah. uh, judges right. that, when you know, for example, the, our, the latest um, Supreme Court Justice, Amy Coney Barrett. Right. She is a constitutionalist. She does not believe in going in and changing the Constitution to fit the times. And and so what what we have to understand is that their idea of a right wing judge is a judge that upholds the Constitution. Right. It is not a judge that is going to because they're right wing, they're going to say, "Okay, we're going to impose everything that we want. That is not the way it works with a constitutional judge, right? A constitutional republic, which I have to continually remind people, even people in my industry and, you know, congressional folks, that it, it, I keep hearing the word democracy. This undermines yeah, our democracy. democracy. Right. I'm like, no, yes. <laughs> like, stop saying yes. that. But if you say right. it enough, so apparently it'll make it true. But that's important for people to understand that we are a constitutional republic. But it's that subtle, yes. it's the subtlety, Debbie. It's the subtlety of, well, if we just change this word, we just doctor this, we just alter this a little bit. Like right yeah. now, for God's sakes, people in their right mind are actually referring to Joe Biden as president-elect. I'm like, there's yeah. nothing remotely legal about 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 that office, about anything that's taken place as of right now, nothing has been legitimately confirmed yet. And so yes. it's well, just, but you say it exactly. enough and people believe it. And next thing you know, we're demoralized. How much would you say? Because this whole week, actually since November 3rd, November 4th, when I woke up and realized that we had been hijacked, um, I've been telling my listeners, you have got to turn off 
the propaganda. You've got to turn off the, I don't care how much you love a particular personality. The moment they say the word concession, the moment they start planning for the next four years of a Biden administration or 2024 Trump, uh, turn it off until due process, providence and procedure have, have had their way. Because to me, when you demoralize a body of people is when you can infiltrate with things like a Chavez or Maduro, where we are now. Exactly, exactly. Well, that and that is what they count on. Yep. And this is what happened in Venezuela. They the, the basically the people that did not vote for Hugo Chavez or that voted for the referendum became extremely demoralized. And they thought, you know, why should I vote if my vote doesn't even count? You got it. Like, I'm going to just go waste my vote. I'm going to go waste my time standing in line to vote for something I know is already rigged. And, and that, I'm afraid, if we don't get to the bottom of this, mm-hmm. if we don't have the evidence that we need, this is what's going to happen in America. We will never win a legitimate election ever again because they will know that they can get away. If they got away with it now, mm-hmm. they will perfect it the next time right. and the next time and the next time. And we will be in Venezuela. I hate right. to say that because I, you know, like I said, I've been, I feel like I've been saying this for so long now that people tune me out and go, yeah, 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 you always say that. But it's true that the election yeah. fraud is what made Venezuela the hellhole that it is today. So, so this mm-hmm. very thing right now that is hanging in the balance is, is really going to make the difference on whether or not we're going to, going to continue that beacon of hope for the whole world because I have to tell you that my Venezuelan family right now is extremely upset. Mm -hmm. They're on pins and needles. Mm -hmm. They know that Donald J. Trump is the only thing that stands between freedom in the world and socialism. Not just in America. Right. I know. I I have family in Germany right now being uh, water cannoned. As you know, and, for, and listen to this. So for years, you know, when I was a kid, and I'm sure you can relate to this, maybe, maybe not, but going to Europe every summer, I was either in the country running from bulls here in Hall County, Georgia, or I was in Europe. My mother's uh, straight off the boat German. So I'm in, I'm in Germany uh, every other summer with my grandmother. And my relatives saw me as some kind of, it was like walking into an indigenous village somewhere, you know, where I'm the only blonde haired, blue eyed person. And, and they're like, oh my gosh, you know, we just, we love your politics and tell us more. And this is before the wall came down over there. So they loved our liberty and our freedom. And anyone who was in office essentially was better than what they had. And so mm-hmm. when Obama came along, they thought he was just like the black Jesus. They thought he was in Bush, eh, could take him or leave him. Obama was like, he was. He was the hero. He was the Messiah. And we would go around Mm -hmm. and around about that. I went back over as soon as Trump was elected. And let me tell you, I got kicked out of my own family for for about two years. And Mm -hmm. about a couple months ago, I start receiving messages on Instagram from some of my family members uh, in code almost because some of their things are being monitored. And and they are apologizing. You know, they made fun of me for wanting my guns and because I'm Southern and I'm American and we like our guns and God and we love Trump. And they had listened to the propaganda on the BBC and other places all over Europe, CNN. So I just Mm -hmm. let it go. And I said, you know what? You guys will come back. Well, I started getting apology Instagram messages, which, you know, they're like, we're, we are praying. We are praying because we are literally a miniature version of Syria over here. 
Uh, we can't get a job. We are prisoners in our own homes because of COVID. Um, and I'm mm-hmm. like, well, told you guys, good luck with Angela. And who is the first person in Europe to congratulate Joe Biden? Uh, you know, but I'm like, I tried to tell you guys that it was, mm-hmm. it was, it was for your own good that you stand up to your government. And, and, but you know what, Debbie, I don't, I'm going to ask you this because I don't know the history of Venezuela to the, to the extent you do, but I do know my people in Germany there. And, and I see it working right here. And this blows people's minds as a minister. I see a spirit of guilt working over this country like nobody's business. And I saw it with my relatives in Germany when Angela and others brought in with the EU, with all of this, you know, lack of sovereignty. Let's just let them all in. It's a refugee crisis, which was totally manufactured. Um, you know, we don't have a cultural identity as Germans anymore. It's just, you know, can't everybody get along? And I thought to myself, the Germans have a historical guilt because I know my family. And I'm not saying it's not legitimate. As a Christian, though, I put all of that guilt on the cross of Christ, no matter what I've Mm -hmm. done or my nation has done collectively. And that's where it's Mm -hmm. redeemed and it's settled in the courts Mm -hmm. of heaven, right? So he's my reparation, right? So for Mm -hmm. here in our country, I see us falling into that same trap of, and that's how we, you know, Obama got over on us for eight years, for God's sakes, is this this malaise, yes. right? So, is there any yes. of that with with Venezuela? Uh, like, well, oh yes. Okay. 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 <laughs> well, educate Absolutely. me because I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So, oh yes. In fact, this is another parallel um, that that is very similar. Um, Hugo Chavez had a hatred hatred of the white man. He oh. just he hated the white man. Okay. He was. He was part indigenous and part Afro um, okay. Caribbean. Okay. So you know he had he had black roots and he had indigenous roots. So his his thing was basically to to talk badly about any white settler in Venezuela because he he just demonized them. So one of his the biggest person that he that he hated the most was of course Christopher Columbus. Right. Hated him so much. There was a Christopher Columbus statue in Venezuela right on the port, mm-hmm. and he made sure that it was taken down. Wow. Um, he Here we go with the statue removal. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Right. He right. did that. He right. did that. He removed him. He removed some other uh, players in Venezuelan history that were of white uh, descent, you know, white Europeans, mm-hmm. uh, didn't like them. Uh, he basically you know, demonize them. And so not only that, but then he started going after, um, and this is really going to sound kind of trivial for people because in Venezuela, we have, we have a beauty pageant that is super famous. It's the Miss Venezuela beauty pageant. And as a little girl, I wanted to be Miss Venezuela. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's very famous. And many of our Miss Venezuelas go on to win Miss universe, but Hugo Chavez, uh, made sure or wanted to make sure that the Miss Venezuelas were of um, mixed descent. Oh, so in other words, he wanted no blonde, blue-eyed Miss Venezuela right. anymore. And that was that was something in Venezuela people don't realize. We have all kinds of people. It's a multicultural society, very similar to America. Mm-hmm. It, it, you know, mm-hmm. in fact, my best friend uh, was German. Uh, she was German Venezuelan, and her parents 
spoke German and Venezuela and Spanish. Oh, wow. And she speaks five languages. She's super smart. Mm-hmm. But um, she was my childhood best friend. Um, and and so and I had friends that were from from Japan. I had friends that were from India. Uh, we it was a melting pot in Venezuela. Right. And and nobody thought anything of the other. In other words, we never it, unlike the demo, what the Democrats have done now. Right. Uh, that was not done then as when I was a child, but it came later when I left and Hugo Chavez started doing it. How did so he express he his hatred? Like, how did he express his disdain for one? Here we call it race. I happen to believe there's only one race, and that's the race of humans. Uh, but how right. did he express his disdain, and how did that seep into the culture? Well, that's exactly right. He he would talk badly about oh, them, okay. and he would say that they were bourgeois. So, in other words, that they had white white privilege. Yes. You know, the same thing. Yes. Oh, yes. So he was he was um onto the white privilege, and um and so people then a lot of the the his followers mm-hmm. started having the same kind of deal, which yeah. was really funny because when I was a child, I never saw color. I, nobody talked about someone being black and there were a lot of blacks in Venezuela because Venezuela also had plantations back in the day, Mm -hmm. right? They had, um, they had slavery just Mm -hmm. like they did here. And so, so there is a lot of, a lot of lineage that goes back to that. And, but we never saw anyone as other than, like you say, human, right? So, so Hugo Chavez kind of started pitting groups against one another racially and of course socioeconomically he would rob peter to pay paul so right. he started demonizing the rich he started demonizing the um the entrepreneur mm-hmm. the business owner uh so and so on right. you know and so so in venezuela what happened was the polarization became extremely large it was it was horrific you know one group pitted against yeah. the other and it's exactly what i'm seeing here right. and this is exactly what the left wants because this is how they seize control this is how they they fool people right see because because this is something that no one's talking about um monica and that is why was the election close enough to cheat Correct. And right. right. Sidney Powell brought that up today. The only reason they were able to get away with it to this extent is because it was a landslide. And if it was a landslide and if they did this, then, then, oh my goodness, the floodgates. But if it, if it wasn't and, and they were able to slowly, you know, put in the votes and and whatnot, I, I, I cannot imagine how anyone in their right mind would vote for Someone like Joe Biden that has been in politics for 50 years and has said one thing and done another. And there have been a lot of lies that have come out. Absolutely. But, you know, again, it, this goes back to the media. They wanted him to win and they made sure that the American people didn't know about his his lies and his his, his deceit, his right. his um, his corruption and, uh, you know, in Trump card, we also talk about his corruption with Peter Schweitzer. It's a great interview. Um, we have extended footage in the DVD. You can see the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter Schweitzer, you know, says a lot more than he said in the movie because 
there's a lot to say. Yeah. So, so again, you know, we have been duped, we have been deceived. And, um, and I just pray that, Oh, and the other thing I was going to say is that this woman, Maria Corina, yeah, whatever happened to took, her? took a great, well, in fact, I talked to her this morning. I'm gonna oh, good. Do a, I'm gonna <laughs> I was hoping you were going to tell me she was like a victim of the Chavez. No, no. Okay, good. She, she's, still, <laughs> she's still around. She was good. an assembly woman there okay. in Venezuela, but she, um, she talked to me this morning. I'm going to do a, a, a little Q&A piece that I'm going to put out next week. Um, but I, I wanted her to talk about, about what happened in Venezuela and, and, and how she was demonized in Venezuela for for exposing the fraud. And I will tell you that that mm-hmm. the media, of course, mm-hmm. and and also even some members of her own party and, yes. and opposition basically said, "Give it up." You know, they won. They won fair and square. Um, a lot of people called her a conspiracy theorist. Yep. Um, they said she was a kook. You know, yep. you name it. It's exactly happening what right saying. now. Yes. Ex- exactly what the, yes. Exactly yes. what they're saying about us yep. happened to her. She lived it. She knows it. And um, so she prays that we are able, and she knows that Trump is not going to give in like some of their, their people have. Right. But she says that really that's the only way to fight this evil uh, because it is evil, and it is a battle of good against evil. Absolutely. Absolutely. In the movie, Dinesh says that, and I was actually going to ask you about this, but I already know the answer. Dinesh says, socialism deprives citizens of their birthright. And and so I always say, when people are like, God's not an American God, I'm like, well, actually, if we were birthed in the author of Liberty's mind and heart, then yes, he is in favor of America and any other nation who can recognize the fact that he is the author of that liberty and and justice, right? And uh, and 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 equality for all. I believe that's who our father is. I believe that's who the creator is. And so, yes, I do believe that America is in his heart, along with any other nation who will recognize that and hold on to it and champion it. And we have fought long and hard for our men and women I know have died are still dying for our liberties. Right now I'm on the front lines. Your husband's been on the front lines. He's been imprisoned. You are on the front lines. I mean, it is coming down, but we're not moving and we're not afraid to hold that line. I got in trouble by, from a, uh, one of my followers is a, um, he's a veteran and yeah, I get it. He was a little peeved that I said, hey, I'm so excited that you guys are in this foxhole with me. And like, let's hold the line, right? Because I'm like this general just riding up and down, you know, the field going, don't give in and don't give in to the conspiracy, uh, you know, mm-hmm. labels and all this mm-hmm. madness being heaved on us and all the division. And they want you to feel like you're crazy. And the president's crazy. And he should just concede, don't do that. Hold the line, hold the line. And he was upset because mm-hmm. he said, you know, I was fired upon. I, I did have the bullets raining down and the euphemisms are just not cool. And I said, listen, we, my apologies. I meant no disrespect. My father's a world war II mm-hmm. veteran. My, my nephew mm-hmm. fought in Baghdad. I get it, but this mm-hmm. is a war and I'm not using those terms lightly and neither are you. And I feel like because other than Pearl Harbor, can you name a time in our lifetime where, and that's actually before my lifetime, but can you name a time when we've actually had to deal with someone dropping a bomb on our soil or saying, Hey, we're here. We're here to take over. No, yeah, we can't relate Monica, to that. 
Right, right. And, 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 the, and I can tell you like a whole other, I mean, it would have to be a whole other show yeah. <laughs> when, when I tell you that the Venezuelan collect connection is even worse than you think, because oh, wow. I think I have, I've alluded to it before, but it is a national security threat to have Venezuela. And this is, this is the reason why the Venezuelans are, are so hopeful that Trump will, will pull through and, and, and Absolutely. show the fraud, right. you know, because, because Venezuela is is basically a beacon of hope or a a terrorist stronghold, and um, if if Trump doesn't win, if if Biden if Biden is able to to steal this election, and I will always say that, yeah, definitely, um, Venezuela will become and mark my words a a ground for. So much for terrorism that we that we have never experienced in our life in our lifetime, because they will make sure that Iran has everything it needs. The the enriched uranium that is so plentiful in Venezuela to make nuclear weapons and they will make sure that Venezuela has what it needs there on the ground to be able to to send rockets our way. Right. Um, I mean, I, I hate to say this because I don't want to sound like I like I am a conspiracy theorist right. about this, but I happen to know that Iran has a very, very strong, it has a stronghold in Venezuela. Right. And that has not been a secret. People know about it. And, uh, and they have Hezbollah training camps. Mm-hmm. So, you know, this goes beyond just our elections. It goes right. beyond... Our, you know, our country being sovereign. I mean, this this is a national security threat of catastrophic proportions. If this man is able to steal this election, Agreed. I can't even tell you. Agreed. Uh, you know, we will suffer greatly in many directions, right. uh, m- many ways, right. both domestically and foreign. So yeah, and they've worn us down. You, know, you know, we haven't been able to sell. That, those are brilliant points. Thank you for for stating them so eloquently because it's true and so fervently because that is absolutely true. There is, and it's not a conspiracy because geographically. It, it's not, you know, it, it's not, uh, it's not good for us to have uh, Iranian missile heads pointed our way from Venezuela. Uh, you know, exactly. we're yeah, we're a little too close, and and there are bad partners. Yeah, thirteen hundred miles from our shore. Yeah, eastern shore. Right, mm-hmm. right. That's it. And I don't That's think we, when people say, "Well, just let California go," I'm like, "Well, do you actually understand who who has procured most of the municipal bonds in California?" So I'm not sure. I'm not so sure that we want the Chinese Communist uh, Republic to be right there, or the Communist uh, Party to be right there on the West Coast. But that is exactly who would occupy that quote territory uh, should we allow California to secede. So people have these. I'm like, focus, everyone, focus. This isn't really a Democrat and Republican thing. This is a good and evil thing. Uh, and no, not all Democrats. Clearly, I, I want to say the numbers I've seen recently are that up to 9 million additional people voted for President Trump in this election. And I guarantee mm-hmm. you those are not all Republicans. So I, I hate to demonize my Democrat neighbors and brothers and sisters and coworkers, but as a party... Oh, please. Yes. I mean, some yes. things. Yeah. Well, yeah. right, right. So it's really it's really the leadership of yes. the Democratic Party. And and it's and it's the people that don't know better, because as right. you say, you know, like I have family members that are that are Democrat and um, and some of them are 
are just as bad, yeah. you know, and they believe all this <laughs> right, stuff. Right. But other others don't. Others just think they fall they fall into the old, you know, old rhetoric of oh, the Democrats are for the poor right. and the Republicans are for the rich, which, as you know, is not the case Correct. because the majority of billionaires are Democrats. Right. <laughs> so, right. you know, so again, it, it's just, it, it's not them. It's right. not the, the people. Right. But I have to say that I have never in my lifetime witnessed such animosity between pe- just people, mm-hmm. everyday people, mm-hmm. you know? Absolutely. Uh, it, it's 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 unbelievable Absolutely. that I can't have Thanksgiving dinner with my brother because he hates me. Right. Because why? Because I'm a Republican. Right. You know what I mean? It's yes. like it's crazy. It's in my family when too. In our, mm-hmm. You know what I? It's it's just absolutely unbelievable that that we're down to this. Right. It's, it's just. And I think that's where uh, your faith really, at least for me, I have to invoke, I call it invoking Jesus. I have to mm -hmm. invoke the spirit of God because if I don't, I can very easily look at, I mean, I mean, it's not a big secret, but even in my own family with my own daughter, she had some ideas about Black Lives Matter. She's bi-ethnic. My late husband is, uh, was black. She is a beautiful bi-ethnic young lady who had a little bit of an indoctrination period on the, on the left coast. Um, but we had a moment with all of this, you know, she sees injustice, she watches Netflix and 13 and all of these things where she's built, you know, it's just, it's gospel. Right. And I'm like, why don't you watch a few Dinesh D'Souza movies <laughs> and then they like, get back to me and let's talk about it. But we go around oh, and around. Yeah. But here's the deal. I had to make a decision and she did too. And a lot of yeah. people, particularly on the left, I, I will say this. Uh, People on the left are not quite as merciful or capable of just letting the conversation lie and continuing to value the relationship with the person. But as a grown adult with my daughter, I made a decision. You are my child. Um, I'm going to believe what I believe. I realize you're still growing up. I'm not going to have these conversations with you because I value our relationship too much. I'm here. You know where to follow me. Like all my listeners, if you want to come crawl on my bed Mm -hmm. at night and ask me questions, I'm still mama. But I'm not Mm -hmm. going to allow this to come in between us. Now, I got to tell you, many of my Democrat friends have parted from my life because I draw a line in the sand where we're not going Mm -hmm. to continue to discuss these things because I value you and our relationship. But a lot of people mm-hmm. have just said to hell with it. I'm, I'm, I'm just not going to put myself in that position. So you're right. We, yeah. we, we have been yep. duped. We have. And yep. I, I love something. I want to leave my listeners with this. Um, something that we talked about off air. We were talking about the party fissures and how that, too, is a very calculated measure on behalf of the left to really dissect us as a party on the right. Because there's, listen, I'm at ground zero. I'm in Georgia. And we, you mm-hmm. want to talk about some things being heaved and, and I'm in the South where, you know, family mm-hmm. business gets ugly. And so yeah. the party has not been extraordinarily, um, helpful to the president's cause, according to the president's yeah. tweets. Uh, some of more of the establishment folks are like, forget it, cut bait and run. We'll try this again in 2024. Let's just take the Senate. Um, mm-hmm. so talk to me, talk to us a little bit about, how could we, especially coming on Thanksgiving, how should we mm-hmm. be thinking, behaving as as a unified front right now? Well, you know, as I told you before before the show, um, 
Venezuela's right wing, which is, you know, it's center right. So it's not, it's not exactly like us, but, but the, but the classical liberals, Mm -hmm. the conservatives, basically self-destructed, the opposition self-destructed. And the only good that came of that was that the left took full advantage. They took full advantage because because there were so much infighting, you know, they they were so principled and right. and and they had all the answers and they you know they wanted to do it this way and that way and mm-hmm. and instead of instead of becoming one voice and one unit, um, they self destructed and the only people that benefited were the socialists yep. and and so as I told you here, you know I see that happening with us. And I see, you know, back in, in 2008 and nine, I saw that happening with the Tea Party movement. Right. Um, I considered myself a Republican, but I also participated in the Tea Party movement. Right. And I thought it was it should be one one unit, you know, one mm-hmm. thing. But I witnessed then, as I'm doing now, that that wasn't the case. Our side loves, everybody likes to do their own thing. Mm-hmm. They don't, you know, they, they, they disagree about one thing or another, and then they kind of disengage. Right. And the only people that end up winning is, is you know, yeah. the, other, the other team. Right. And because they typically don't do that. They don't eat their own. They don't shoot themselves in the foot like right. we do. Right. And unfortunately, there are people that are like, oh, yeah, but he's, you know, I'll give you an example. Susan Collins, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. So this woman, everybody calls a rhino, which she is. She is a rhino. Mm-hmm. However, she is a Republican in a state that is not Republican, right. a state that is that is really Democrat for right. all practical purposes. Mm-hmm. But she's able to somehow win those guys over. And so that is her constituency, right? Right. You can... She cannot be a right-wing Sarah Palin <laughs> and win an right, election there, right, right, right? Right. So we are constantly talking about, oh, get rid of her, get rid of her. But see, we have her about 70% of the time, right. 75% of the time. Right. If her opponent, her Democrat opponent beats her and becomes senator, we will have zero percent of of that vote. Exactly. So again, do right. we do we do that because we're principled and agree and and basically lose that very crucial vote that we could have for a Supreme Court justice right. or you know or or something really really important? Do we really want to give that up because we're so principled about the fact that we don't want a rhino in Senate? Right now. The difference between her and and Mick Romney is that Mick Romney is in a place where someone that is extremely conservative can win. Yeah, absolutely. So we don't need him. Correct. Whereas we need her. But we have to get smart as to who we need and who we don't need. And we have to stop we have to stop infighting. I mean, that's basically the, the, the one thing that I've learned watching the Venezuelan government fall apart is that the minute we as conservatives self-destruct, the only people that are going to benefit are the socialists. And in this case, the Democrat party. So, you know, I leave that with your listeners. That's a good word. That's good. Where can people find your material? 
find you, keep up with what you're doing, social media? With what I'm doing? Well, they can follow me on Parlor, my new favorite uh, place to be. <laughs> um, I'm I'm at Debbie D'Souza okay. on Parlor. No apostrophe, of course. It's just one word, Debbie D'Souza. And then I'm Deber66 on I on um, uh, Twitter. Okay. And um, I have a private page on Facebook. I don't have a fan page, so um, you know they'd have to friend me on Facebook. But um, and I'm also a a contributing columnist for a new publication called El American. Okay. And that's all on my bio. They can they can see that when they go to Parlor or or Twitter. And uh, I'm a columnist now for them. And it's a very it's a very cool thing because there is definitely a need for conservative bilingual uh, print media. Okay. And they're also talking about doing a network that's going to compete with Telemundo and Univision. Oh. Wonderful. Which is very needed, very much needed, mm-hmm. and it's going to be the conservative version because a third of all Latinos do do think of themselves as conservative. That's good to know. And the rest, mm-hmm. the rest don't, but they actually are. Right. <laughs> and so, so uh, my uh, my dream is to educate Latinos. And I was very happy about the Latino vote for Trump this yes. time around. Yes. But. I my goal is to educate Latinos to vote for the party that represents them the best, and that is the the Republican Party. So awesome! Um, that's my mission. I love it. I just love you guys. I'm so grateful for you. Thank you for being on the front lines with me, with us. Thank you for your, in Greek, we call it kefi. So it's your spirit. You know, you're very passionate and, and unbridled at times, which I love. You're just fiery. So you guys should follow her on Twitter. It's never dull. Uh, yeah. And just, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are just wonderful patriots and, and thank you for being, uh, thank you for always being willing to come on and uh, chat with us. Look forward to having you back. You guys have a beautiful Thanksgiving. You too, Monica. Take care. Thanks, Debbie. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Uh-huh. Okay. Bye-bye. All right, guys. So there you have it. I mean, powerful. This is, this is firsthand account, right? I mean, people who have, my God, it's like listening to Brigitte Gabrielle, right, of ACT for America, you know, was stuck in a basement, for 11 years of her life, I believe, under a um, under Muslim Sharia law. I mean, crazy stuff that we can't relate to. And we, we think about these stories as if they're exactly that. They're just really good historical stories. Well, I'll tell you what was a really amazing historical moment was the presser from today on behalf of the president's team, his legal team. It, As far as I'm concerned... That set precedent. That it was extraordinarily transparent, um, it, it, and I've I've never seen such. Wow, I mean, you'd think you'd seen it all between any of the president's press secretary, White House press secretaries, or the president himself, with the animus in in, in between the press and the person standing at that podium to represent the the office of the presidency. Um, but today took it to a whole other level. It it was like those guys were standing in the bowels of hell, his legal team, standing in the bowels of hell, addressing just not everyone. I'll leave Newsmax, and I'm not sure if OAN was there. I'm pretty sure they were. I'll leave those two out of it. 
uh, love Emerald and love Chanel, but um, everyone else, it was like mocking hyenas, you know, who are just, they're bloodthirsty. And, and I'll tell you who they're thirsty for, you. Because you are their consumers. And they have orders from on high to do whatever it takes to manipulate you, to deceive you, to make you so emotional that you can't even sit down at the Thanksgiving table with your loved ones who may disagree with you. And that is a real travesty. That is wickedness in high places. But if you're a Christian, you're kind of left without an excuse. Because we sit above those principalities seated in Christ at the right hand of the Father. So I'm very appreciative for people like Debbie and Dinesh who put it all out there for us, for the, for this nation, for your children, for your grandchildren and great-grandchildren, generations to come. I'm not being dramatic. I'm being very serious. You've read history. I've read history. It, it hasn't been kind to a lot of nations. Without us, where would the world be? So keep that in mind. I will be back tomorrow. You can follow me everywhere, as you guys know. I'm uh, Monica on your talk on Twitter, the Monica Matthews on Facebook. You can sign up for my newsletters at monicamatthews.com. Please subscribe to my podcast, which are up Monday through Thursday, sometimes even Friday, because there's so much news. I'm not a journalist. I'm a commentator. And as you can tell, I got a lot to say. Uh, and please share my work. Very candid. Not always right. But uh, but I do love and I love hard. And I love you guys. Very grateful for you. Thank you. Have a good night. Be good to your neighbor, beginning in your own mirror. And remember, if you're an American, act like one.